Good morning and welcome to this sermon on the 18th of October 2020 from Faversham Community Church. My name is Mike, I'm one of the elders and it's good to have you with us, whether it's for the first time or whether you've been with us right through lockdown and before. Do get in contact with me via our website or leaving a message if you're watching this on YouTube, if you have any questions which you'd like to follow up on today. Currently we're doing a series on identity and we're under this we're looking at three topics, accepted, secure and significant. This is the third sermon in the series under the accepted title. Sam has already covered we have been forgiven all our sins and we have been redeemed excellently. And you can find those in the same place where you would have found this. Today I'm looking at the final topic under accepted, which is we are children of God. And for this I'm going to read a passage, 1 John chapter 3 and verses 1 to 2 from the Bible. The words will come up on the screen. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. It's very easy today and it is common to say that we're all God's children. And people will say this in all kinds of contexts and not usually or necessarily coming from a Christian uh, background in what they're saying. But we shouldn't lose the immensity of these words. Atheists such as Dawkins will correctly point out that describing people as sons of God or children of God, the idea that people could become divine was common in the pre-Christian and early Christian centuries. However, in the Egyptian, Greek and Roman cultures, this applied to kings, to conquerors, to heroes. Therefore, as Tom Holland points out in his book Dominion, and in many interviews which are available online, to describe Jesus killed in a shameful way on a cross as a criminal, as son of God, was to upend the cultural norms completely. Therefore, atheists and others are incorrect in thinking Jesus was like any other son of God. Let me read those words again. See, what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we shall be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, 
but we know that when he appears we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Let's really let that sink into us. God has made us his children. It's the love he is for us. Let's not take for granted this great privilege he bestows on us. Our identity, our status, is children of God because of our Father's love. Not because of what we've done or who we are. Not because we're a hero, not because we come from some kind of ruling elite. Jesus, our Saviour, Son of God, was crucified, killed in the most shameful way known to the Romans, which is why they used that for execution of traitors, slaves. Yet Jesus is Son of God. And we, no matter what our background, because of the Father's love, can be children of God. Let's not look anywhere else for our identity or status. In several articles on the Unheard website, Aris Rusinos talks about his childhood in foster homes, followed by service in the US Navy, and then going through university to become a researcher. He says that when he was poor, working class, he saw money as giving status, as he had none. As he worked his way through the Navy, meeting other people, and in a sense becoming more middle class, it was education which gave status. So when he left, he went to an elite university, Yale. But he found there that the upper classes got status through their beliefs. He calls them luxury beliefs, as they can afford them because they are less affected by the consequences than those lower down the chain. He makes the point that the upper classes now need to show their elite status by what they believe because Everybody now can buy designer clothes. Money is not the distinguishing factor. And it's interesting looking at what's been happening and the way our culture is being affected by American culture, that it's the elite institutions in terms of elite universities and things like the media, which is where you find these uh, woke, for want of a better word, although that has its good aspects and its bad aspects. But it's in these institutions you find beliefs which are sometimes built up on important points, but are taken to a level where actually helping the people is not so important as holding the right beliefs and keeping on top on how beliefs change. In terms of our identity, 
let us not put any value on money, on education or on beliefs, but on who we are as children of God. Jesus, recorded in Luke chapter 3 and verse 8, says the following. Here we go. And do not say to yourselves, we have father Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. You cannot get much lower status than a stone. It doesn't have much intelligence, it doesn't own any money, it has a pretty low status. Jesus is saying, don't to the, in this case, to the Pharisees and some of the other people who are listening to him, don't put your trust and your identity in anything you think you makes you personally important because God can give his identity to anyone he can make anyone no matter what their background one of his children but if we're children of God what are the consequences and I think to do find out that we need to look go back to the passage I've just read but we need to look at it in its context. Because we, all of us have the tendency to look at the Bible and pick out the bits which suit us and fit in with what we think best. And it's always important to look at the verses before and after. Get the context to understand what is being said so that we don't take things out of context and so that we don't read more into something than we should do, but equally so we don't read less into it than we ought to. So I'm going to start reading from 1 John at the end of the previous chapter, from chapter 2, verse 28, and we'll continue on this time in chapter 3 to verse 6. And now, little children, abide in him, that's Jesus, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that when he appears in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. 
No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Also, if we look at another passage in the letters where Paul, in this case, rather than John, is talking us about us being children of God. In this case, it's Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 14 to 18. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, to get the context more fully, we could look at even more verses, but I haven't got time now for that. So obviously what I'm talking about is limited, and there's always vastly more that can be said than we can include in one sermon. But if we look at these passages, both John and Paul are saying we're children of God. But immediately they're using that to give the reason for things we then do. So what we find is that from John, that one of the consequences of being a child of God is that we avoid sinning. And from Paul, one of the consequences of being a child of God is that we suffer with him. Now, being children of God, we want to reflect the holiness, the righteousness of our Father in the same way as Jesus did, who was without sin. When John was writing, he was writing partly to argue against people who would say that becoming Christians, becoming children of God, we're now part of an elite and therefore we don't have to obey the laws which everyday normal mortals would have to do. That the elite don't have to do what the normies do. And John is pointing out that that is a totally false way of looking at it. If we're children of God, we're going to behave like God does. And God is righteous. And God does not sin. And in Jesus we see that. So therefore part of being children of God is that we reflect that in our lives. That sin no longer has control. And again, one of the reasons why we need to read things in context is in John, uh, before this in John, he points out that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But he, Jesus, is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to hold both of those together. 
but to say to downgrade sin and pretend it doesn't matter is to downgrade the idea that you're really a child of God. And Paul mentions that suffering is one of the things which follows from being a child of God. Now that isn't a popular theme. Many people say, well, you know, I've become a Christian, why doesn't God prevent any suffering for me or for others? Why doesn't he prevent any difficulties? But there are children of God. Like Jesus, we behave, we expect the same as happened to him. And he suffered, so therefore we can expect it. We suffer because we're not going to conform to the norms of the society around us. But we conform to the righteousness of God. You may not have heard of the region of Karapalpak, but it's an autonomous region in Uzbekistan in Central Asia. During the Soviet era, it was one of the worst places for the persecution of Christians. And this continues to today. Part of that was because and is because Uzbekistan is a predominantly Muslim culture. But also there were other factors involved. And it's worth pointing out that over the last year or two, the situation for Christians in Uzbekistan has been slowly increasing and getting better. But the main reason is that the leaders of the churches in Karapalpak became Christians in Soviet prison camps, where they were convicted criminals, but they met Christians who had been imprisoned because of their faith. The leaders, political leaders in Karapalpak, cannot conceive that criminals could change like that, that criminals could come to faith. And so far, they, so therefore, they tend to think that the churches must just be a front for criminal activity they treat the Christians in response to that. Our culture is changing to one where forgiveness of long-distance thought crimes does not exist and people are judged according to who they associate with. We, however, live as people who rejoice with the angels when a lost person is found and redeemed. So therefore, we're not going to fit in with a culture which does not forgive. We are not going to fit in with a culture which judges people by who you associate with. Let me finish by just reminding ourselves of those verses from 1 John 3. 
See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And as Jesus said, recorded by Luke in chapter 7, verse 33. This again is Jesus talking to people who are criticising him for his behaviour. For John the Baptist has come, eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come, eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. Let us be children of wisdom.